Super Talk Mississippi media production. Did you know Toyota Brookhaven has sold more new vehicles the last two years than any other dealership in southwest Mississippi? Come see why. Exit 40 Brookhaven or online at toyotabrookhaven.com. Great service, great savings. At Toyota Brookhaven, we deliver. Welcome in, everybody, to the Rebel Report on this Sunday morning. I'm Michael Vorky. Always glad that you are with me and appreciate you still checking the podcast out after uh, a game like that. Ole Miss largely gets smoked in Fayetteville despite the Rebels amassing over 700 yards of offense, including 470 rushing yards, and the game wasn't close. And so there's a lot to digest from the game itself, how it happened, and then, of course, the Auburn stuff. I mean, they talked about it on the broadcast in a way that I thought was frankly inappropriate. We'll get to that later. Um, You heard Arkansas fans chanting, Auburn, Auburn, uh, in the second half of that game, taunting Ole Miss. Lane Kiffin was asked about it after the game. Uh, he said nice things, but he didn't was non-committal because that's just kind of what you're going to get from him. So a lot to digest from this game. Again, I appreciate you uh, checking this out. If you feel like it, follow me on Twitter, Facebook, or YouTube at Michael Borky. Follow on Twitter, like the Facebook page, or subscribe to my YouTube channel. Also, wherever you get this podcast, or wherever you get podcasts, I should say, find this one. Uh, I would recommend Spotify, but any of the podcast apps work just fine. Search Rebel Report and subscribe there. So, again, there, there's a lot to get to. Real quick numbers. Uh, Jackson Dart was okay, but just okay. He was 21 of 36 for 240, had a touchdown, and a, a really unfortunate interception that that cost Ole Miss there at the end of the half. Uh Quinjon Judkins was really good. He had 214 yards on the ground. Zach Evans had 207 yards on the ground. 24 attempts for Judkins, 17 attempts for Evans. Uh, Receiving-wise, Malik Heath had the most. He had 140 yards on nine receptions. Mingo had 45 on four. Watkins had a handful of catches as well. On the other side, though, this is the story. K.J. Jefferson, only 168 yards, but five incompletions to three touchdowns. Uh, he was efficient and was able to escape early pressure from Ole Miss and make plays, and uh, that really opened the game up. If Ole Miss is able to make a tackle or two early, maybe things change. Rocket Sanders had 232 yards on 9.7 per carry. Just absolutely shredded that Ole Miss defense. 335 rushing yards on 8 per carry for Arkansas. Just gashed that Ole Miss defense. Uh, so we'll start here and because as you guys know, I'm not telling you anything you don't already know there's a lot of reasons why you lose football games. Uh, I've I've seen and and heard from people, well, it's, it's just because the team was distracted and that's a fair question to ask. Well, it was just because of the refs and I, I was a little too strong on Twitter earlier. I mean, there's truth to the fact that officials don't average eight yards per carry. It's it's hard to blame just refs when you're getting gashed the way that you are. But Ole Miss got a, had a phantom touchdown just taken off the board just for no reason at all. I think the second holding call was the right one. The first one should not have removed a touchdown from the board. Uh, and that changes things. An early touchdown there 
a pass interference call that was initially called correctly, but then they waved the flag off. Uh, that that was really, frankly, really bad. Um, and and that changes things early in a football game. I, I don't think Ole Miss wins, but it, it does change the dynamic of the game because of how egregious those two things were early in the game. There's no doubt about that. I, I can try to sit here and tell you that uh, you know it does. It didn't matter. And again, he gave up eight yards per carry. Jefferson only threw five incompletions. I mean, almost defensively was embarrassed in this game. They were completely and totally embarrassed. And they had three turnovers on offense. But when you wipe touchdowns off the board, and again, I think the second one was the right call. Uh, but when you wipe a touchdown off the board early in what could have been a shootout, when you uh, wave off a pass interference that that would have given Ole Miss an obvious first down early in the game when they're moving the football. That that changes things. It, it does. It, it affects the course of the game at least. Now, that that's not the only thing. Like I said, so it's you know it's a valid question about distraction. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Officiating, sure. Defense got gashed, embarrassingly so, honestly. Um, and he had three turnovers uh, offensively. He had a bad interception from Dart. Uh, Judkins got stripped. And, and Heath, after a big game, uh, fumbled the ball. And, and all of those things mixed into one is how you lose games on the road in the SEC. Uh, I think we'll start defensively. Uh, you guys have heard me long enough. The the three the criticism of three defensive linemen, I think, is too elementary. And I, I could be wrong here as well. But other defenses run three-man fronts and are successful. It, it was numbers. Uh, Cole Kublik rightfully pointed out on the broadcast that Arkansas so often had eight guys you know, in the box to Ole Miss's five or six. And they're going to run on that all day. And, and he pointed that out, and they, they showed some – all 22 angle of just how easy it was for Arkansas to beat Ole Miss at the point of attack because they had, it was just a numbers game. It was a math problem. Ole Miss was minus two or minus three with bodies. And so when you are, when you don't have the same numbers that they do, how do you expect to make plays when they're running up the middle the way they are? Uh, it, that's the issue. It's not running three defensive linemen. It's how light they let the box be. And and Arkansas was just able to gash them and, and really demoralize them early in this game. What was it, thirty-five to six at the half, forty-two to six after one drive in the second half? Uh, Ole Miss defensively got embarrassed in, in this game. They got physically dominated and out schemed. I mean, Sam Pittman made reference to it multiple times at halftime and at the end of the game that they saw something schematically and, and Ole Miss just didn't either. They don't have the personnel to adjust. They're not smart enough to know uh, the difference. They either don't have the personnel to adjust or schematically they just got outmaneuvered. Uh, so that was a major, major problem. A, a week after Ole Miss held Alabama to, what, 100 rushing yards? Uh, that That was not something that I expected. Arkansas to just line up and run against them like that. And for Ole Miss to continue to allow them to have such light boxes like that, um, that that was that was an issue. And it's uh, luckily, despite 
everything telling you that you should. Mike Leach is an incredibly stubborn guy. And <laughs> Mississippi State should run 50 times against Ole Miss to see if they can stop it. But they likely won't because he never does. Uh, so that's a positive for Ole Miss, I, I guess. Um, Arkansas just loaded up the line of scrimmage and ran right at Ole Miss, and they had no answer. So that's problem number one from X's and O's football. We already talked about the refs. Again, um, it, bad. It just don't accept two weeks in a row where, where things happen that are unacceptable. It was the difference in the game last week. I don't think it was the difference in the game this week, but still, the league's got a problem, and they're not going to do anything about it. Offensively, turnovers were were the issue. I mean, you had a bad interception from Dart. They fumbled on the opening possession. They had another fumble, more of an inconsequential one. Um, the, the issue right now with Ole Miss offensively is not between the 20s. Red zone offense is pretty poor. And by pretty poor, I mean really poor. And, and that's kind of been a theme really since Kiffin's been at Ole Miss, but uh, last night, they were bad in the red zone. Now, again, there was a touchdown inexplicably wiped off the board. Uh, so that's part of it because that the, the first touchdown taken off the board should not have been taken off the board. Full stop. Like, it shouldn't have happened. Uh, so that's part of it. Uh, you also had late in the game a situation where uh, I believe it was Mingo. Was it Mingo who in the back corner of the end zone, was trying to plant his feet, and it was an accurate pass, and he would have caught it, but because the end zones were basically concrete, his feet just kind of slid right out from under him, and they they showed on the broadcast that cleats like can't grip Arkansas's end zones because of how bad uh, th- that they were, paint, and uh, what it looked like concrete. It wasn't, but that's what it looked like in the back of the end zone, so that changes things some, but it, this that wasn't a new problem, so it's more of an overarching thing. Ole Miss had six trips to the red zone last week and only scored three touchdowns. And again, this week they struggled in the red zone, had a missed field goal uh, as well. So if you look at the yard total, you think, "Damn, you know, really good offensive night." And the the numbers say that it was, but they didn't capitalize in the red zone. They turned it over, and and Jackson Dart was was okay and and just okay. And that's kind of where at least I think things are with him right now. He's tough. He shows you a ceiling. He shows you he's got talent. Up until that interception, he's been protecting the football better lately. Uh, But he's not losing them games. He's just not making enough plays to win games either. He's got to take a step forward. Uh, And, you know, those kind of big steps only happen in an offseason. This still is his first year in this system, and uh, he's been through a lot in his early career. You hope he doesn't go through that same thing again for a second consecutive year. Uh, but but that's kind of where it is with him right now. It's not playing not playing his team out of games, but not playing them into games either. They're they're really dependent on the running game. They're not getting enough consistency in the passing game. They also don't protect him well enough. And the wide receiver position is a disappointment. Heath has been good. Mingo at times has been good. Depth is pretty poor. Uh, So you've got protection issues at times, uh, lack of ability to get separation from the receivers at times, and also some inconsistencies, um, rushed passes, inaccurate passes from from your quarterback. That's kind of where it is with him right now. But uh, Judkins and Evans are special, and they, they showed you that again because they're just just really special uh, running backs. It's uh, 
their performances are just going to get overshadowed by all of the other stuff, but it, it can't be lost on you guys how exceptional those two are and how good they were again last night, despite the game being what it was. Before we continue, I want to remind you the podcast is brought to you by Advantage Business Systems. ABSMS.com is the website. If you or your business are in the market for office technology anywhere inside of the state of Mississippi, uh, ABSMS.com is the website. Advantage Business Systems has you covered. Uh, if you tell them I sent you, you'll get a complimentary office technology assessment. So if you or your business uh, will reach out, will contact Advantage Business Systems. Again, tell them I sent you. And you tell them what you need and what your budget is, they'll perform an assessment on me, absms.com. Podcast is also brought to you by LB's just across from Kroger on University in Oxford. You're going to be cooking with meat this Thanksgiving. I know you are. Uh, then you need to go to LB's and get your meat from there. It's the best place in the state to do it. Greg and the good people there are big supporters of Ole Miss uh, sports in general. Uh, and if you tell them I sent you, they'll hook you up. They also got daily lunch specials. Monday through Friday on your average work week. And again, good people there at LB's just across from Kroger on University right there in Oxford. So the distraction piece of this, uh, like I said before, games like this, so many reasons why you lose these games. Defense was really, really bad. Officiating was bad. Early offense was bad. Turnovers, and it's fair to ask about distractions. It is. It absolutely is fair to ask about distractions. I don't think that's the only reason this happened, but it's fair to ask because the conversation all week about Ole Miss football was not this game. It was about their coach leaving. And it's easy, it's easy to talk about pro mindset. And you can only control things that you control. And, and that, that's, that's a good message, and that's a good way to try to be. But everybody's human, right? I mean, I'm human. Uh, when, when, when things have gone poorly, if you will, or, or, or have, there have been distractions in my life, I've had or tried to have the same mindset. Well, I, can only, I can't control it, so let me you know, just try to put my head down and, and go to work, and, and I'll, you know, it'll be fine. But... When when there's outside noise, when there's distraction, it does even subliminally affect your mindset in your performance, especially with something like this. Take Jackson Dart, for example. He was at USC. His coach got fired. So he, in effect, left. Didn't want to leave USC, but new coach comes in and brings a quarterback with him. So he either would get to ride the pine for the rest of his college career, or he had to leave. Now... Jackson Dart, who, by the way, after the game said, you know, that they hear it, that they know that the noise is out there, but he used the the line, rightfully so. We got to control what only what we can control and block that stuff out. But it, Jackson Dart's a 19 year old who just had to make a big move in his life because his coach left and a new one came in and brought a new quarterback. You think every time he pulls up social media and he sees Blaine Kiffin's taking the Auburn job. Kiffin, Auburn, Kiffin, Auburn, Kiffin, Auburn. That doesn't cross his mind. Well, shoot. Am I going to have to go move again? Is Lane Kiffin going to leave? And Ole Miss is going to bring in X coach, and that coach is going to have his guy he's going to bring with him because that's the nature of, of the sport now. 
you wonder if Kiffin himself was distracted because you can say all you want to that you don't know anything about the Auburn job, and that's not true, and everybody knows it. Here, I'll actually, I'm going to find the quote, uh, the the exact quote. It was actually pretty good um, for, from Lane Kiffin. It was still noncommittal, though. But it, but it wasn't a bad quote at all. He said, fair question. Like I said, I love being here. I mean, I don't want to look to next year already with a regular season game remaining, but this is not one of those years where you say we're going to lose all these guys. There's a lot of people coming back and a lot of new guys offensively, especially. So very excited about the future. I don't know that stuff out there, the number one stuff. Maybe if they watch the first half, I wouldn't be number one anymore then. And that's honestly, that's about as good as you're going to get from him. And whether that's right or wrong, that's not up for me to decide. That's up for you guys to decide. But that's about as good as you're going to get from him. It's still very non-committal. But the stuff about not knowing that you're number one, stop it. For a guy that's on social media as much as he is, and also considering his agent um, and the, the contract stuff that happened this week, he of course he knows. He absolutely knows that, that Auburn is in, to some degree in pursuit of him. Uh, he depending on who you believe they've been in talks with his agent and that, that kind of stuff is, you, you can't just block that out. It, that That's not, that's not real. It's not reality. Even if he wanted to, and I don't think he wanted to, this is three years in a row. Now he's been at the head or three seasons in a row where he's been the head coach at Ole Miss where after the season or during the last couple of weeks of the season, his name has been out there for other jobs and named in hot boards and stuff, and it has gone completely unaddressed. And you can say, well, we don't talk about that because of this, this, and this. But at some point, human beings are going to start asking questions. At some point, your players, your college kids are going to wonder, do I need to, you know, do I need to leave? What do I need to do? I mean, the portal opens here in like, two weeks or less than do I need to get my high school coach to reach out to other schools that recruited me in the past because I need a place to go. My coach is leaving. That kind of stuff is distracting. It absolutely is. It, it affects people, whether it be big time, major effect, or just kind of something small that's in their mind. Y- you can't let the week that happen. And people like me, I guess are at fault, right? Media, Talked about it all week for a reason. Lane Kiffin could end all of this Auburn stuff if he wanted to, and he chooses not to for whatever reason, whether it's because he's actually going to take the job or he just loves his name being in the news uh, related to other jobs or he's trying to to get more money out of Ole Miss. Um, he could end this. He could end it with a tweet today, just Two minutes, one word, not or not one word, but one tweet. Two minutes could end it today. Could have ended it last night. Could have ended it this week. But it's not over. It's a constant distraction, and you know, obviously, if you could hear it through the broadcast, the players on the sideline could hear the Auburn, Auburn, Auburn chance, and we want Judkins' chance. You can't convince me that's not something that is to some degree, whether it's a huge one or a tiny one, some kind of distraction. Because the season is almost over. And 
up until the game, you had this football team that had a chance to go win 10 games again and get into an access bowl again. And all they heard all week was about how their coach is going to leave them because the place that they're at's not good enough. That's all they heard all week was the place that they're at's not good enough and their coach is going to leave. You can talk about pro mindset all you want to. You can talk about blocking it out all you want to. You can't block it out. Everywhere you turn, every social media page, I bet every one of their friends, I promise you that other schools are reaching out to them in back channels because that's what happens now and telling them that their coach is leaving. Now, how do you just button up and focus when you've got other SEC schools or other Power 5 schools through back channels telling you that your coach is going to leave and you need to transfer there? You think it's easy just to block all that out and play? I I don't. So I I, I don't think you can expect – I would be glad to be wrong. I don't think you can expect some kind of like commitment from Kiffin until the season's over. So this is going to be a story for a while until – Ole Miss announces that he has signed an an extension or he leaves for Auburn. This is just going to continue. But I I will say that both things can be true. This is what you get when you hire Lane Kiffin. You you knew this going into it, that that he uh, is somebody that clearly likes the uh, attention that he had a, whether it was fair or not, it's not fair. He's only left one job on his own accord. Um, but there was the idea that, you know, he's going to flirt with other jobs. This is not a 10 to 15 year kind of hire. This is just a few years kind of thing that he had wonderlust or whatever, however you want to describe it. That was seemingly understood when it happened. I remember, um, Pretty much everybody that covers Ole Miss talking about how, you know, this is you're going to get this kind of stuff when you hire Lane Kiffin. So it's not surprising. It happened last year. It happened after his first year at Ole Miss. So you shouldn't be surprised that it's going on now. I will say, though, I've heard from enough of you to understand that the fan base is growing tired of it because you have the, the school has basically given him the freedom to do whatever he wants whenever he wants to. Uh, He didn't really have to answer to anybody. He gets, again, gets to do whatever he wants and act however he wants and be wherever he wants, then the school lets him do it. They offer him a contract that is comfortably inside the top 10 in college football. Ole Miss is investing into their program like they never have before uh, in ways that I didn't think in the past that they could do, and they are now. Ole Miss is investing like they're a top 10 program in college football with coaching salary support staff. They're they're working on a new facility right now. Uh, They halted a stadium project because their coach told them to. Uh, So internally, inside of the athletics department in the university, he gets whatever they possibly can give him whenever they can. He has total freedom. He doesn't have to glad hand. He doesn't have to be at the country club, doesn't have to go to booster club meetings, none of that. You don't have to do any of it. And he gets this massive contract offer. The NIL game at Ole Miss is, the, the momentum is staggering how much you guys are giving to NIL. You'd be shocked at how much more money you have than some wealthy, quote-unquote, or big-name programs out there. So fans are stepping up. 
big time when it comes to NIL. You've sold out your three SEC games you've played so far. And yet, this is what you get for it. I, I, I'm not naive. I know that it's just a, it's just a profession. It's just a job for these guys. They're not loyal to you. Uh, you're not necessarily loyal to your employer. But this could be handled better and could be handled differently and, and more respectfully. And, and right now, it's, it's, just, it's becoming a sideshow. And Ole Miss is not a sideshow. Ole Miss is a place that you can win and a place that is investing heavily and the place that gave him his shot to resurrect his career as a head coach on the big stage and has given him whatever he wants. You don't have to do family, like talk about family and, and all that stuff. You don't have to do this big commitment thing and promise 10 years or whatever, but it, this needs to start being handled better by the head coach. Um, it does. And I say that, where's the leverage to do that? Or, so, if this doesn't change, you can't have performances like your team had last night. So Those are your two options. You can continue to act like you don't care about the place that you're coaching. And again, that's, that's part of the brand. That's fine. But if you're going to act like that, your team can't be down 42 to 6 against a 500 team that you should be better than. One of the two. One of those two things can't happen. So, either way, one of those two things can't happen. Lastly, so we talked about refs, right? Talked about defense, talked about offense, talked about Kiffin, and the Auburn flirting and stuff like that. The broadcast. Uh, I understand why they did the on-field thing. I thought it was kind of dumb, but I understand why they did it. And generally speaking, um, I'm okay with when they go off topic and you know when they kind of mess around a little bit and have a little bit of fun on a football broadcast. Generally, I'm I'm okay with it when they do food segments in games that aren't close. That, that's fine. I, I'm totally fine with that. It, it wasn't a close game. I understand you know, trying to have some fun with it. That didn't bother me as much as towards the end of the game. And I don't know how many people are listening or, or watching, I should say, at that point. The SEC Network ratings aren't particularly great compared to other college football games. That's why they don't release them. But people were still watching, especially Auburn people, um, because they wanted to see Lane Kiffin, probably not the best audition. Uh, they... Ole Miss fans clearly watching. Arkansas fans clearly watching. And maybe just your casual college football fan. I, I understand that you probably can't talk about Ole Miss on a broadcast platform without mentioning Auburn and, and his candidacy for the job and things like that. In fact, I think it would have been broadcasting malpractice to not bring it up at some point mention it, whatever. But they decided to essentially allow an Auburn graduate to give a recruiting pitch to Lane Kiffin for why he should go to Auburn. They spent, what, 10 minutes not only talking about a coach on the field that they were standing on 
leaving his school for a division rival, but talking about how it would be good to hire him because he would bring players on the field with him during the game that they're coaching and playing in. So they're talking about what players he would take from Ole Miss with him to Auburn while on the field when Ole Miss is playing on the conference's network. I mean, there's there's a way to talk about that without being that, without just running a billboard, an inaccurate one in some cases, just running a billboard. Oh, well, he would step into a brand new facility. They're building one at Ole Miss too right now. They're, they're building it right now. Oh, well, Auburn's got more NIL capabilities. No, they don't. Apparently not. Not if you believe the reporting of AL.com, they don't. That, I thought, was was just so, forgive my language, everybody, that was so shitty. That was shitty is what that was. Allowing them to run a recruiting pitch, a propaganda-filled, propaganda is a strong word, but a, a propaganda-filled recruiting pitch for why Lane Kiffin should take the Auburn job on the broadcast of an Ole Miss game, talking about taking players from Ole Miss so they can go play to Auburn, is that that was bad. And I like two of the people on that broadcast. I really like Tom Hart. I think he's funny and entertaining and really good at his job. And I think Cole Kublik is the best in the business when it comes to analyzing football. I, th- I think it's gr- he's great at what he does. I can't believe uh, that, that they found that appropriate. Uh, well, I, I can, I guess. But... How that can air on the SEC network, the network that that Ole Miss is one fifteenth of, right? You got the league office and the other schools, the fourteen schools, and that network that represents the league spent ten minutes explaining why a coach should leave. One division school to the other, and why he should take, and what players he should take with him. Would that happen if it was Auburn? If it was Ole Miss with an O, this is all you need to know. This this is a, a rhetorical question because you know the answer. You know the answer. If it was Ole Miss with the open job, would they talk about the Auburn coach that way? Nope. They would not. So why do they do it here? Just really bad. Just just really shitty, honestly. Um, I don't know what Ole Miss can do about that. And again, it's Lane Kiffin could end stuff like that today if he wanted to. He could end it today if he wanted to, and he's choosing not to for a reason. But that's the SEC network. And they were talking about you like you were nothing. While your team was playing. They were talking about your players leaving your school while your team was playing and which ones would be good to go to Auburn. It's unacceptable. But nothing's going to be done about it. So I guess it is acceptable. It's just really shitty, if nothing else. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Rough day. Page turns to the Egg Bowl, though. A uh, different feeling Egg Bowl for sure. Although um, I have noticed that there's a confidence from Mississippi State fans that, frankly, I don't think that they should have. But we'll talk about that later. Thank you guys so much. We'll uh, 
talk again Tuesday. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.